0: Our text tonight, 2 Corinthians, we're, we're just going to read a little bit of it. We're going to start in verse 17, read down to verse 1 in chapter 7, and then go back and read a couple of more verses in chapter 6. So it says in 2 Corinthians 6, verse 17, wherefore come out from among them and be ye separate, says the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you. And I will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters," saith the Lord Almighty. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of fl- the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. What was he telling or saying to them? What was Paul telling them to come out from? Well, look back in verses fourteen. I gotta it down. There we go. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what concord has Christ with Belial? And what part has he that believes with an infidel? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God, as God hath said. I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God And they shall be my people. And then our text. Wherefore come out from among them. And be separate says the Lord. And do not touch the unclean thing. And I will receive you. And will be a father unto you. And you shall be my sons and daughters. Says the Lord Almighty. Having then these promises. Let us cleanse ourselves. From all filthiness of the flesh. And spirit. And perfecting holiness in the fear of god paul is talking to a church here that has for the most part become divided and they've become divided they've become they have been pulled from their foundation to the teachings and beliefs of these people who they were they had unequally yoked themselves together with they they had been pulled and the bible kinda calls it Worldliness. They had been pulled from godliness to worldliness, and therefore they were divided. And have you ever spoke to anybody that that their attention was divided? Can't really have a conversation with them. You're talking to them. I, I do this quite a bit. I think sometimes people are talking to me, and I'm, I'm I'm glancing over at the the child that's running across the hall or the rubbish that's falling on the ground. And when you talk to someone divided, it's hard to have a conversation with them. Paul was talking to a church that had become divided. And because they were divided, it was hard for them to do anything for the Lord. It was hard for them to serve God. It was hard for them to, to go in the direction that the Lord wanted them to, to go. But w- the biggest problem, because they were being pulled and divided, their, their holiness, their separation, their s- sanctification was being affected. So Paul was talking... To them about being separate. Separating themselves from what was pulling them away from the Lord. So let's pray. And we'll talk tonight a little bit about separation. Heavenly Father, in the name of Christ, we pray that you would lead us and guide us. Lord, we really humbly come to you. And truth is, I, I, I really wanted to bring something different tonight. But as I tried to do something else, uh, I was compelled to come back to this. And so Lord, I pray that you would use it, that it that that it would honor you in truth and teaching. And Father, that it would help the people that are here tonight. Lord, they're tired. They've they've dealt with life all week. They've worked, they've all the things that the life in general brings. And then today, most of people here now have, have been serving you, have been working, have been in the morning service and in Bible study and now in the evening service. Some even practice the choir. Lord, they're tired. I pray it'll, you'll refresh them and uplift them and energize them. I, I pray, Lord, the word, even though in a tough subject like this, God, that you would bless the word and, and strengthen your people. In Jesus' name, amen i don't want us to have a divided heart i don't want us to have a divided life as a christian i i know as a christian that we're constantly being pulled uh, toward away from the lord and towards the world are we not everything that's around us in essence wants to pull us away from the lord and pull us into the world and not unlike our text some things that pull us away from God aren't always bad right can I have I have something that's sitting outside that is a temptation to me sometimes to pull me away from my work amen hey I I, I'm sitting in my office I look out my window and she's sitting there out in the car park and the sun's shining and it's not raining, and I'm studying and, and working, and then I look outside, I'm like, and she speaks to me. She says, Come and play. Now, some of you are laughing, it's not specifically like that, but you understand. There's a lot of things that pull us and divide us. And and what I have to say, I said, No, I will come down to you later. But at the moment I have to stay here. Now I go visit her every now and again. Throughout the day, and I make sure she's okay. But you understand my point. Paul was talking to a church that's been divided. I don't want to be divided. I want to be purposeful in my life. I want to be on track. I want our church to be on track. I want us to be doing what Paul said this morning in Philippians, pressing on, going after that goal, going after the things the Lord wants us to do. I want to, us to be faithful together. But Paul has a situation that he has to deal with, and these Corinthian Christians were compromising with the world, and so Paul appealed to them to separate themselves from that which was causing them to compromise. And specifically, you know, a lot of times we hear messages on separation uh, about how we dress or what entertainments we listen to or the things that we do or or you know and and again i'm for some of it i'm against some of it some of it but a lot of times you get you get sermons on you know don't don't wear an earring or don't wear a tattoo or don't wear your hair that touches the top of your ear or or don't wear you know white shoes or they're all the time that outward stuff but paul hit something very heavily here. The thing that was causing the Christians in Corinth to compromise it was people. See, people that they were around was was teaching them wrong doctrine. The people that they were around was infecting their living so as they were no longer living Christ-like, but they were living worldly. They were living in in the sense of having a worldly philosophy about things, about things, and so Paul says, "Separate yourselves." Now, the doctrine, the teaching of separation as a Christian—that man—it's a diluted, polluted, con- 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 not contempt. Con- yes, thank you. It can get contaminated because it gets all twisted around, and we've we've gotten to the point in Christian circles at times where separation has actually become isolationism. Now listen to me. I am not for setting the church on an island and keeping everything away from us. And guess what? I'm not for setting the Christians so far apart from the world that we're never around the unsaved. As a matter of fact, I want the Lord to bring more unsafe people into my contact. I want us to be, to be right out there in the world, just not of it. I want us to be out there elbow to elbow with lost people. I want us to, to be around them. I want us to, to eat lunch with them and have a dinner with them and, and, and invite them into your house. Because they'll never see the light unless we're around them. Right, But we have to be careful that being around the lost do not, does not cause us to compromise something that's very important here. And we find it in, in our text. Look at verse 1 of chapter 7. Having therefore these promises, previous, the, the very end of chapter 6, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and of the spirit. Why? Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. You know what? We don't want our, our being in this world to affect our holiness with the Lord. Our righteousness. Our living in a way that exemplifies Christ-likeness. You know, we should be very different in the, in the things that we do. But I am concerned for all of us as a church that that in our desire to affect the world for Jesus, that we that we let go of our protection and we get pulled into the being like the world. Do you understand what I'm saying? You, you, you know, we're in it, we're not of it. We touch it, but we don't become it. And that's what we have to be very, very careful of. But I don't want us to be isolated. Maybe just to be insulated. Because you know your insulation protects you, right? Insulation keeps the heat in, keeps the cold out, and vice versa. Insulation keeps what's inside the way it should be and keeps the outside from affecting the inside. You, You know, our home is nicely insulated. Because we're smack in the middle of, I don't know, half a dozen houses. And so we don't have to crank up the heat usually. Because once we get it to a temperature, it, it kind of keeps it in. And now, praise the Lord, that the conservatory. Last night was wonderful. It, did anybody realize how hard it was raining last night? It was raining animals, man. You just heard them smashing against the conservatory top. But went out there, and it was nice and dry. It wasn't windy, and it was warm. Why? Because the roof was doing what it was supposed to be doing, and it was insulating, it was protecting from the outside forces. So in separation, because we have this idea of separation is, you know, we, we cut off and sever ourselves so much from the world that we live in That we are like on an island. But that becomes isolation. And God never told us to be isolated from the world. It's really hard to be light and salt if you're isolated, if you've isolated yourself from the world, right? Because light needs to be direct and point at things. Salt, not feeling well, is he? Salt, you don't wave it on something, do you? If you have a nice little, what, do you put salt on steak, Andrew? I put salt on steak. Andrew, he's a good chef, that's why he does it, I guess. Anyway, when I put salt on steak, yes, you do put salt on steak. I watched Jamie Oliver do it. (laughs) You take salt and you don't wave the salt shaker over the meat. You have to sprinkle it on the meat. In other words, the salt has to touch the meat, right? You're never going listen, you witness into your family, you'll never be an effective witness, Anetta, if you are not around your family. if you don't get in there and like you did for Christmas, "Hey, Dad, I'm coming to see you. You don't have a choice in the matter. Be prepared, I'm coming, right? And that's how you do it. So, in separation, because Paul. Saw something. The Corinthians were becoming l- less Christ-like, more worldlike, because they were being pulled from the Christ-likeness to the worldliness by people. That's what you see in verses 14, 15, 16. These unbelievers were pulling them. That's what they because they were unequally yoked. They weren't, they there was no communion there, but but it went beyond, I believe from reading context it went beyond just trying to witness to them and 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 you know know them and befriend with them it went to the point of being affected by them and they were being pulled into the world and that's why paul said be separate why to protect your holiness with the lord to 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 protect your your position to protect the christ likeness that you have in your life, and now I like Warren Wiersbe, and you know that. But let me read you what Warren says about about this idea of separation. Some sincere, zealous Christians have turned separation into isolation. So much so until their fellowship has become so narrow that they can't even get along with themselves. You know, if you wear a white shirt I can't hang with you. If you if you listen to, I don't know, amazing grace but with bagpipes, I, I can't listen to that because I think bagpipes are evil. You understand what I'm saying? We we, we 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 get it so intricate that we can't associate with anybody or anything. And Warren Wearsby says they can, you know, because of that, they can't get along with themselves. So in reaction to that extreme position, other believers come along and they've torn down all the walls and they fellowship with anybody, regardless of what that person believes or how they live. Do you see what do you see what Warren, Warren said right there? There's two things that dictates to us in how we, you know, fellowship with some people. What they believe, because doctrine is everything. That's what Paul said. Paul told Timothy, I'll give you what God gave me. You protect it. And you don't let anybody affect it. And that's what the problem here with the Corinthians was. These unbelievers came in. It was affecting, teaching stuff that was affecting their way of living. And Paul said, separate yourselves from that. So what they believe and how they live. Now, I, I, there are people that I know that doctrinally believe just like I believe. But their lifestyle does not exemplify their belief. And you know what? I can love them. I can, I can encourage them. I can help them. But I can't let them necessarily necessarily intimately get into my life. For the concern of them pulling me that way. Amen. Hey. I can get along with people that I don't agree with. I can. I can. I can do. I can do a lot of things with people that we might not necessarily agree on everything with. I have friends in the FIEC. The Fellowship of Independent Evangelical Churches. And and guess what? They're my friend, but I'm their friend, and they—they are very much five-point staunch Calvinists, and you all know that I am not. And they keep looking at me and say, well, you know, we love you anyway. And we joke with each other and we can get along because in the end, we both have the same desire. We want to reach people for Christ. We want to disciple believers. And we want to see the kingdom of God grow. I I don't have to agree with every Christian out there and, and get along with them. But here's what I don't want to do. I don't want to compromise truth whereby that compromise of truth will affect how I live and this is what Paul was getting at Christian you need to be very careful if you say something is doctrinal what you're saying is the Bible absolutely teaches that for a fact and if you say that and you stand with that you better prove that from scripture I want to hold to the things of truth that God's word says I don't I'll separate on doctrine. I will separate in a heartbeat. But I want to be careful to make sure it's right and true. Do you understand what I'm saying? Man, we got a work to do. We have a unity that we need to keep in place in our church. And we may need to we need to make sure that we're not fighting over stupid things, and that we're not fighting over preferences of style and attitude. That if we're going to fight over something, it's going to be about the absolute truth. Amen? Now Paul says, and Warren Wearsby says, let us not be so much zealous that we've separated as far as isolation goes. But let us be careful that if we do separate, it'll be because of truth. And it'll be because if there's some kind of unholy lifestyle that's going on within them I know someone recently that that looks to be making a choice in in some things in their life that might cause me to separate from them and I'm watching and I'm waiting and I'm seeing and I'm, I'm, I'm if I have to separate with that person because of some choices they make in in their lifestyle, it being unholy, I will grieve over it. I will pray over it. But if necessary, I will do it. Amen? Because of truth. Why would we be concerned with whom we associate with? Isn't simply naming the name of Jesus as our Savior enough for agreement? No, it's not. It's not. Because guess what? A lot of people name the name of Jesus. And naming the name of Jesus to them doesn't mean the same it means to us. Just go ask a Mormon. Go ask a Jehovah Witness. We were up with some friends of ours over New Year's Eve. And Mike and Peruse was telling me that they have a friend that their, their daughter has, I think I told you about this last week, their daughter has joined a group a religious group that believes that jesus christ isn't fully god but yet the parents keep on saying well she got saved when she was little and so she's still saved and and i'm concerned because if she believes that jesus isn't fully god that's a problem right that's a problem just read one john so so Do we need to be concerned with whom we associate with? Yeah, because we don't want to associate with those who we would be unequally yoked together with, specifically lost, and even those Christians whereby their doctrines or their truths or or their beliefs or their lifestyle will cause us to, to be pulled away, away from holiness and into a worldly lifestyle. The problem is that when you and I speak of separation, we look at it as a negative act. Don't we? As soon as I said the word separation, negative connotations come up. But you know what? Separation actually isn't a negative thing. Let me read you something. Separation is not just a negative act of departure. It is a positive act of dedication to God. Because you, know what what, you know what we're doing when we separate from things that are not right? It's actually, it's not the cutting off of here and, and cutting, separating here. But it is a moving towards the position of God and saying, I don't want to leave. This position. I don't want to leave. My closeness to the Lord. I want to dedicate myself. To remain steadfast. In my walking. In my living. For God. Does that that make sense to you? It's not the negative act of departure. It's actually the positive act. Of dedication to God. I use this verse a lot. And I tell you I use this verse a lot. But this is a good scripture about this dedication. And it's Romans 12, 1 and 2. But I'm going to read it to you in a paraphrase. Since I I quote it to you always in the King James. And so dear brothers and sisters. I plead with you to give your bodies to God. To present your bodies to the Lord. Because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice. Amen? Do you see? We are to be living, holy sacrifices to the Lord. The kind that He would find acceptable and pleasing. This is truly the way to worship the Lord. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then, You will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So when we separate from the world, we're not saying, I hate you. We might be saying, I don't agree with you. We're not saying that we don't want to have input or to be there for you. Because listen, if we are Christ-like, when people are in need, we're going to be there to help them. Whether we agree with them on things or not. I remember hearing a story about a famous preacher in Hammond. Now, I don't agree with him in everything, but you know what he would do if he even heard that his enemies were in need of something, he, he would go and meet that need because he wanted to be Christ-like. When Joshua was taking the people of God over the Jordan River into the Promised Land, you know what he told Joshua? Joshua. He said in Joshua 3, verse 5, he said, he told Joshua what to do. And Joshua said to the people, sanctify yourselves, separate yourselves. Why? Because tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. It's not about pushing off everybody in the world. It's not about saying we're better than you. It's about saying I want to dedicate my life to the Lord and I want to keep my life holy before God. From our text. This is New Testament separation. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what concord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has he that believes with an infidel? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Wherefore, because of that, come out from among them. Meaning, you know, don't live our life in such a way that it is affected by the philosophy and the worldliness of this lost world. Be different. Live light. Live salt. Affect others around you for Christ. Don't let them pull you away. See, you and I have two things coming against us. We have the world that's pulling us, and we have Satan that's shooting at us at the same time, right? And they have the same purpose, to get you away from walking with the Lord. You are a holy people. You are a peculiar people. That's a good thing, amen? According to Scripture, you are separated unto God. You are called. You have purpose. You have mission, and we ought not to do anything that would that would affect that purpose and mission to be marred or to be unaffected or unaffected. Paul appealed to the Corinthians to separate themselves to God. So, what we have to look at it. When we look at separation like this; it's not a departure from, but it is an attachment to. So I want to be holy, and I want to be Christ-like, and I want to live for the Lord. And then I'll give you two, one one quick thought, and we're done. And you can go home early, and catch that football game that's on the telly. Amen. Is anybody going to watch football other than me? Ah, yes, April's going to be watching. Do you have a team in the playoffs? Yeah, I know. <laughs> most of you wouldn't recognize, but she's come dressed in her team <laughs> team outfit. Personally, my team was awful this year, and I have no interest in football. But I'm going to go home watch it anyway, because my interest tonight is the team that's in the playoffs is the most... It's my greatest enemy when it comes to American football, the Washington Redskins. So I'm going to be rooting that they lose. So let me give you one quick thought. Why am I so concerned about saying to you as a church tonight, just be careful of your associations? I'm not saying don't be around the world. I'm not saying separate yourself from everybody that's lost. What I am saying is as a Christian be careful be careful who you associate with because of their their effect upon you. Also when it comes to the Christian world, don't automatically accept everything as good just because it comes with the capital C in its introduction Christian. Because not everything is Christian that says it's Christian. So let me give you this one last thought. Why should we be so concerned about our fellowshipping? And and, and so concerned to the point of saying we might have to consider separating. It's because of this. Our nature determines association. Okay, Christians have the divine nature within us. And we should desire to associate ourselves with that which pleases God. Now, I have two types of people that I associate with. Folks like you who walk with the Lord. And then folks who don't walk with the Lord. The difference is this. You, I'll come and ask you for advice and counsel. I'll come and ask you questions about. Living for Christ. How many times have we sat in our, my office, Andrew, and talked about deep spiritual things? That's because we are in affiliation together. That's because we are in, we are in concord to, together. We are in union together with Christ. But you know what? I still want to love my unsaved people and fellowship with them. I always talk about Chris, our neighbor, we, we do everything trying to reach Chris. Chris is invited to every stinking church thing we ever put on. He always says he'll come, but he never shows up. But we keep on asking him. Because he wants to be saved. He invites us to the gym all the time. And we always say yes. He hasn't taken us yet. But we always say yes. And you know what? If he actually took us, we'd go. We'd go to the gym and we'd get broken and we'd be in pain and we'd do all that. Why? Because I want to reach Him for Christ. But I won't be asking Him how to live my life. I've had neighbors come to me when they've had problems and issues and relationship issues. And they come and ask us. And they talk to us. And I counsel them. It's a little hard to counsel them with Christian advice. Because they don't really take it. Because the biggest advice is they need. Is that they need to repent and be born again. So, well, Pastor what are you saying? I'm saying Christian. Go after them. Love them. Eat with them. Be friends with them. But be careful. And if they start causing. To pull you into the world. You need to. Make sure that there's a gap there, there's some separation, there's some space, and always sharpen yourselves with godly friendships of this church and in other churches that that are teaching the word of God. You know, in that little book that that that's out, this little I'm a church member book. Do you know what it says that one of the marks of a of a growing church member is? is that they have multiple friends within the body of Christ. Actually, what he says in this book is that they've done a statistical thingy and they said that the strongest members in the church have six or more friends within the body of Christ. You know what? I I would be hard-pressed to argue against that. So what I'm saying to you is live for God. Live from in this world. Be out in this world. You know, when you go to work tomorrow and and someone at work says, hey, you want to go for a bite to eat? Man, go for a bite to eat. Don't isolate yourself out. But don't let him take you someplace that's going to compromise your testimony. Stand up and, and, and say, look, can't go there, but how about we go over here to Starbucks or something? You know, live a godly, holy life in front of them. And be careful because... We cannot be like them. Amen? That was my heart tonight. I hope it helped you and bless you.